Good afternoon and welcome back to my channel. This is Elizabeth Gonzalez. I have been thinking about so many ideas about what to talk about in my next podcast. And I have so many ideas that have came to me. Um, right now, I'm actually been in and out of the hospital with everything with the quarantine going on right now here in Texas, in Corpus Christi, Texas. It's scary. You have to walk everywhere. Now it's mandatory to have a mask. Um, I have been breaking out really, really bad to the point where the anxiety is through the roof. The allergies, the itching, the insomnia, the it's gotten to the point where even the depression is kicking in. You know, for some of y'all people that suffer eczema and dermatitis and psoriasis and being a diabetic, it's the worst feeling in the world to know that your skin is a problem that you can't go out in public unless you have a sweater on or or a long sleeve and it's gotten to the point where I think I got maybe like two or three long sleeves that I actually asked my daughter to get me long sleeves for my birthday you know to know that you have to go outside it's 80 90 degrees hot as hell pardon my French and you have to just maybe walk across the street or just go down the road but you have to have a sweater on and it's, you're not comfortable, you know, you can't wear shorts because of the allergies that you have. You know, people, if people were to see you underneath, it's scary. You know, the other day um, I got out of the hospital and I had a, like a big old bandaid over my arm, kind of covering some of the psoriasis, but um, this lady was actually kind of scared to get next to me like I had some kind of disease and then I had to go deal with an incident with my grandson's Medicaid and just coming out into the public you get to the point where you start getting that scariness you know coming in you know, around society and germs or somebody coughing on you. And, and you know what? I can relate to those. The, uh, it, it's very scary to think that maybe somebody just coughing might have just gave it to you. Or, you know, I walked into a public building um, on Dillon Lane to go check, you know, to go fix my grandson's Medicaid. And... um with my phone that had gotten broken, I asked them if I could request to see somebody, and they said no. So they're like, well, we'll call you when well, my phone's broken right now. So I'm like, what am I going to do? You know, when you get to that point that you have a disability that's affecting your income, it's affecting whether you pay bills or rent or, or have groceries, and you get you get to that point where you get scared where you might not even have what little bit you do have 
you know, because of your disability, because of your illness, because you're autoimmune. There are so many people that are so ignorant to this. Like somebody that's at an, at, at an education college level that can't comprehend things and they have just such an ugly attitude about life. Like I went in there, I turned in the stuff I needed to turn in, but then I I requested to talk to somebody, you know, like a supervisor or something. Well, she gets there and she automatically has an attitude, just an ugly attitude. And it's taken me three weeks to get up there because I had been very sick. I went through a lot of abdominal pain. I went through a lot with my fibromyalgia where my bones just were not working for like three weeks. Like I just the most awful pain to the point where I was laying in a fetal position, you know, and I'm in between having to go and, you know, pretty much like my insurance was due June the 30th. I had to go and redo it again. They make you do, you do everything all over again. Like, I don't understand that. If you're supposed to go renew your insurance, why do they make you do everything all over again? That's just, I don't understand that. That's, it's like a program that just keeps getting redone, redone, redone. And I don't know if it's just that, people at a certain poverty level that have to go through things like that. You know, but the government needs to change. The people need to change because I've had different caseworkers and each one of them have a different kind of way of working with you. And I was just even scared to go deal with that, you know. I was like, I got to go deal with this crap and then I don't even know if I'll even be able to, go in to see the doctor. The last time that I went to the doctor, um, I'm not even sure if I wrote it down in my last podcasting, but I felt just very violated. I went in there because I was having a lot of abdominal pain. So, you know, the doctor wants to see your abdominal pain and, and like the whole side of my where my belly button in was like red. You could tell there's something wrong. You could tell you might, I might have had an infection. You know, the doctor said it might be in a urinary tract infection. No, it's in my abdominal area. It's not in my lung area. And for them to be doctors, and then she's like, well, you know, she's like, can you, can you pull it down to the abdominal area so I can take a look at it? Because I've never seen nothing like this. So... I'm thinking she's looking at it, and instead she just takes a picture. Like, really? Like, did I even authorize you? Did I even give you permission to do that? Like, I was so pissed off in my mind that I'm here to get help, and you're here to take fucking pictures of me? Like, oh, my God, I can't believe I just cussed. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Um... I just, that's how upset I was. Like, I didn't even know these words were coming out of my mouth. 
Oh, I don't even condone my kids to be cussing and stuff like that, but this was something that is my privacy. I don't need for you to put it on your phone. I don't need for you to go and talk to somebody else about my my condition or or or, or something that's like a, a, a doctor patient privilege that you know that you're supposed to be dealing with you know and sometimes that's the way it is sometimes doctors don't know what they're doing so they kind of bring somebody else in and that's kind of what she did and it's very annoying because some of the doctors don't know your history some doctors don't know what's going on with you some doctors don't know that you have 20 plus almost 30 plus allergies that your body's going haywire the histamine is through the roof like I've been going through in the last month I've been in I've gone into prophylactic shock three times um I one time I had the to have the um, ambulance come and then they just get here just to talk me out of just to talk me out of um, not going to the emergency room. Well, we don't recommend for you to go because if you had allergies, you already know you're going to be there. They're just going to give you Benadryl. If you took Benadryl, they're just going to make you wait it out, you know, um, but you know, if you take an epinephrine because you're going into phylactic shock, you need to go to the hospital. They might let you go out, out the same day, but I'm just saying that, you know what I mean? It's an emergency. It's an emergency. And the first thing that the paramedics told me, well, you're going to be there for an eight, seven hour wait when you can just be at home just resting, you know. Because you just took some, epin, uh, you know, Benadryl and epinephrine. And I'm like, I know the routine. I've gone through this a million times. I've called the ambulance. This isn't the first time I've had a paramedic talk me out of things. You know, because I wasn't under so much pain. I just stayed home, which I shouldn't have. I should have just went to the, to the doc. I just should have just went to the doctor. Um, I mean, to the emergency room. But then I didn't know who was going to pick me up at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning or whenever I got out. And these are like situations that, you know, right now, not having that stability, not being able to get that extra income that I need. Like um, when people that are disabled, it's very hard because you don't want to be just going out in public and being around people because anxiety level is already like really, really high. The anxiety is really bad. Like for my daughter to even tell me the other day, cause I told her my anxiety was so bad. And when I do that, I drink some chamomile. She's like, mom, it's okay. You know, if you want to smoke a joint and I just laughed because she understands because she has anxiety herself. And so she buys her teas, I buy my teas, and we both try to, you know, look out for one another because we know our anxiety levels are through the roof. Um, right now, I'm just shaking so bad. Um, I have literally cut out 
every carb you can imagine, breads, anything. Because when I went to the doctor, they told me, well, maybe it's an overreaction of, of uh, you know, you're a diabetic. So when you eat bread or pastas or whatever, it cuts down it and it turns into sugar. Well, <clears throat> my sugars have been going up and down. And they, the first time that I checked it, it was at 200. And I was like, oh, wow. Oh, my God. It's really high. And, you know, after a couple of years of finding out that when I was a diabetic in 2015, I, I've learned how to manage the sugars and the sodas and all that stuff and completely cut it out of my life. But um, when I stopped using the uh, when I stopped doing the the blood work and checking my blood work, that's when everything just gets out of hand, you know. And you have to do this three times a day. So I've gone to the point where okay, these are like fifty strips. You got to make it last a month. Um, you know, sometimes I don't. Check my blood sugar at lunch. I'll check it in the morning and then I'll check it at night. Because sometimes in the mornings, my sugar levels can be at at 40 or 100 if I'm lucky. But I it's gotten to the point where sometimes it's dropped before 30. And when you have a... Um, when you're diabetic and you have to check your blood and your blood's level at under 30, you should already be in like a diabetic coma. And it's a very scary thing to know and not know how high your blood sugar is sometimes. It's very scary. Like right now, my finger is just going so numb because I have to press a button for the podcast. Um... Well, now it's going there. Now it's going. But um, my thumb was hurting. So I was switching to my other thumb. (sighs) Right now with my allergies, I'm also dealing with, I'm allergic to mold. I'm allergic to dust. I'm allergic to a lot of things. And when my allergies start acting up, my psoriasis starts acting up. Um, So literally, there's like dead skin cells everywhere. I have to take like two, three baths a day, which I'm trying to get down to two baths a day and just to kind of soothe the pain from the itchiness and the the craziness of the histamine that is just coming off of my body. But there is something triggering it. And my carpet has been wet because of my central air had been leaking they fixed it over two months ago. Then they came and supposedly fixed it again, but it, it got wet again. And I think for some reason, you know, like right now it's wet. There's like a little spot by the doorway. And um, I picked up the beds on one side because I'm going to bring the shampooer in there and do it myself. The the people from the maintenance here at the apartments where I live at have already came to do this once. So, I mean, I know it's not easy to have to come and do this and it costs money, but it's not my fault. They need to fix the problem. Well, now I'm having to deal with more than that. I'm having to deal with with the carpet staying wet. It's staying moist. It's staying humid. 
So it's probably, you know, causing mold. And I'm very allergic to stuff like that. Like, I think that's a really big thing. You know, when I can't breathe and I'm allergic to something, but but I have to sleep here or I have to be in the same room, it's, it's just a very scary thing because it's like, I have to be in here. This is the only place I have to sleep. Like, I'm allergic to dogs. So we have a dog in the living room, and she tends to want to sleep on the damn couch or lay on the couch or just put all her <laughs> put all her um, dog hairs everywhere. And we're already dealing with an issue with her dog. Dog hairs are just falling everywhere, and I'm allergic to dogs. So th that doesn't make no sense. You know, my daughter has cats and stuff like that. So I can understand. But um, I do try to kind of stay away. And it's really hard because I love animals. And um, But, you know, the level of, how do you say, the, la the, the level of just dust bunnies is hard. Like you literally have to just clean on a daily basis and when I'm not feeling good or I'm not feeling a certain way you know I don't want to be doing that like I used to do that so much and I'm OCD so bad but I don't want to have to be dealing with cleaning like all all the time because that's all I'm doing like I'm always cleaning or I'm cooking and my kids are already grown I should be able to be relax and not have to be doing stuff like that anymore I used to do that like constantly 24 hours a day and and my OCD just gets to the point so bad that that I like I'm always constantly washing my hands I'm always constantly cleaning I'm always you know and if I didn't do that things would probably get out of hand but you know the the times that you don't want to deal with that crap you don't want to be judged for it either because somebody can catch you like on a wrong, wrong day and they want to come visit and you just don't feel like it, you know. So, no, that's what I do. If I don't feel like doing something, I'm not just going to break my back backwards trying to do it when I know I don't feel good. So what I do is I take care of me. Uh, I'm learning to take care of me because... I've had to learn how to take care of myself because I've always taken care of everybody else. Taking care of everybody else, fed everybody else, you know. And I've gotten to the point where, you know, I have to take care of myself. I, If I'm tired, I need to rest. There's days that I'm tired and I just still stay up. There's days that I don't want to do things that I just don't do it. You know, and, but there's days that I have to push myself, you know, and if I, the most important thing now is when I get to that point that I need to sleep, I'll sleep because I don't sleep much. A lot of these medications and steroids keep you up, you know, your body's going through histamine, you got cortisol, you know, you have to be taking epinephrine, you know. Epinephrine are like a shot of adrenaline, you know. It it's something scary to go through. The first time that I ever did it, my 
for an emergency of allergic reaction, my heart was pounding at about a thousand miles an hour. And that's something very scary because the the first time I ever did it, I have I had a a shot that's kind of like a, a play shot where it shows you how to do it, but it's not a real shot where you'll just stab yourself in the knee or in the thigh when you're going through an allergic reaction or an EpiPen. And when you, when you, I mean, when you stab yourself with the EpiPen. So I actually did it the wrong way the first time. I thought I was putting on my leg. It shot up and it went, it shot up and went right into my finger. And I had a friend that had just called me in that moment and I had him just stay on the line with me because I was so scared. And my heart was going 100 miles an hour. It felt like my heart was going to burst. And I told him, please stay on the line because I might have to call 911. And I think that was one of the scariest things that I've ever been through in my life because nobody was home. Something like that can happen and, you know, nobody's aware of what's going on with you. I've gotten to the point where now when I feel a certain way, I let my kids know. Or I let my youngest daughter know, look, I don't feel good. I'm going through this or I'm going to go to the emergency room and, you know, let them know where I'm at. You know? Having an autoimmune disease is like the worst thing because you can be dressed up or, you know, fix yourself up a little bit. You go out in public and you look okay. You look normal. You don't look like you're severely sick. You don't look like you're you're going through trauma. You don't, and you are. Like people don't understand the the stuff that you're going through. I'm on here because um, I got some bad news. Um, I keep going into ketoacidosis with uh, being a diabetic. So my body keeps trying to produce sugar and then going through what's called ketones to where my body, whatever sugar's coming into my body, it's kind of like making it worse because there's certain parts of like my lungs that are not letting insulin get through my body because we all need sugar to live. Not too much sugar, but when it comes to diabetics, it's very hard. So my body has been very, very dehydrated. Um, I've been very, very thirsty lately, not so much eating but um, that's what it does. It dehydrate it. It dehydrates your body. It's taking whatever water out of your body. Like I can go to the restroom and go pee like a whole gallon, and that's all the water that's taken out of your lungs. The water's taken out of your heart. You know, water. The water that's being taken out 
out of your body because you're going through a diabetic ketoacidosis. So, um, that's very scary because you can die from this. My body's really tired. It's very weak. So now I'm immune. Like, I'm not immune, but right now, like, everything is hurting my body. Like, physically, I'm not able to be fighting infection right now. So my allergies are through the roof, and I don't feel good. I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel like I'm getting enough sleep, like, I'm to the point where I have my anxiety so bad and and I'm just so tired. Like, it feels like I haven't slept in three days. Today I slept for like two hours and then another two hours. And, um, wow, like I'm just so exhausted and tired right now. I, I woke up pretty late, so I put on my shots pretty late. I usually... Put them on at 7.45 in the morning. I didn't put it on till like 10. But, um, yeah, that's kind of been my morning already. I already took like three baths yesterday. I took a bath early, early this morning, and then I took another bath today, so. Mm. Right now, I'm going to see if I can find my the glucose monitor and then go from there and um, kind of keep an eye on everything. Right now, I'm also going to have to finish with the carpet. And they're going to come on Monday, and they're probably going to do this all over again. But right now, I need to do this so that way I can be in the same room because it is so exhausting being somewhere where you're uncomfortable, you're irritable, you know, you're just, you're trying to sleep and you can't, you know, the anxiety is really bad, I'm so irritable and cranky right now, like I'm just being a bridezilla, being a big old baby, but if anybody was to go through what I'm going through, you know, God help you. Because this is the worst thing anybody can go through. I wouldn't even wish this on my worst enemy. Because you would not be able to take what I go through. My whole body is hurting. My whole body is looks like I have the measles everywhere. My psoriasis is all over the place. My sciatica has been really bad these last couple of days. And um, I haven't been able to work out like I, I have been. Um, I, I, I fixed myself a milkshake which is with uh, coconut milk that I did yesterday, peaches. I got a peanut butter plant-based powder I use. Um, I have problems digesting food, so I use, like, the MCT coconut. It's like a, a clean energy booster. It kind of helps you, give you that little push and stuff. So um, 
I've had, I've substituted that for my lunch yesterday. <clears throat> and I had a, you know, a saline drip yesterday and my mouth is just so dry and I just got hydrated yesterday and I had a Gatorade and a Powerade. But this is what you go through, ketoacidosis. And the doctor had told me that they wanted to put me in the hospital. But they're scared because I have an autoimmune disease. They don't want me to wind up in there. And then I wind up with the COVID-19 or something. Like, there's a lot of people that are critical. But like the doctor says, I'm one of those patients and those people that I can get very sick. Because I also have asthma, plus allergies, and usually I always wind up with pneumonia every year. So for me to have to be going through this whole quarantine and not have pneumonia yet, like, wow, you know, I must be really taking care of myself better than I usually have. And right now, I try not to touch services Unless they're in the house, I try not to make sure I always wash my hands, have hand sanitizer, you know, have wipes, have powder, have certain things that are going to help me feel comfortable if, you know, so I won't feel the itchiness. I won't feel the, the, you know, the way I'm feeling right now. Even carry a couple packets of chamomile. So if I'm in the middle of having a situation or anxiety level, uh, level being that high, then I can be able to decompress and put on some meditation on my YouTube, have a cup of, you know, warm or hot tea. And it's just going to feel amazing, you know. So, yeah, it's kind of crazy like that. I'm so exhausted and tired, but I've been wanting to get on here to finish this podcast because I can relate to what millions of people are going through on an everyday basis. Like, I don't, I didn't ever think there was so many things I never knew there was people suffering with the things that I'm suffering with. Like, I never thought there was another person out there. I always thought it was just me. And the more you go on to YouTube channels and you talk to doctors and you talk to people, what they're going through, and you're like, wow, like, I didn't have a clue. Or I didn't know anything about it. Or I didn't know how to eat. Or I didn't know how to control it. And the first thing that I always thought is it it has to be in the food. It has to be in the food because I have allergies. I have food allergies, but it's not just the food allergies. It's the high of whatever I'm allergic to. Like there's certain things that I can be allergic to what's called a four um, where it's just like I'm not that allergic. It's just like a short reaction that I'll have than having to deal with something that's a 10 
and I'm allergic to roaches like that, or I'm allergic to salmon and fish, like with that, I automatically go into phylactic shock. So there's certain things at a certain level that you're allergic to. You can be allergic to something very little. You can be some. You can be allergic to something that is very deadly. So you have that up and down scale that you have to be very careful where you go, what you touch, where you eat. And it's just, it's, it's very scary. So I had tried everything from the keto, from the keto diets. So that way I can stay away from carbs. Carbs is a nightmare for me. Carbs and as much as I want to eat pizza or bread or toast or pancakes like, I just, I don't even want to deal with it. Like, I don't even want to deal with the anxiety level of it, with the itchiness, you know. I don't want to deal with anything like that. Um, but, you know, it happens. It happens, and you have to deal with it, you know. And at the end of the day, I'm like, I make aromatherapy candles to help people. I make medical soaps to help people. And right now, I can't even help myself because I am going through so much. My anxiety is to the point where I can't be helping anybody else right now. I have to help myself. The other day, I barely... I had a friend inbox me because she has her... You know, her her son that has eczema. And if I'm dealing with stuff like this and it's very irritating and annoying and uncomfortable and, you know, I'm not going to say no when it comes to kids. But, you know, there is things that are out there that are hurting you, you know, that are hurting you. And um, allergies are pretty bad. Like, it's crazy to know that something that you eat is going to hurt you. Something you put in your mouth. Stuff like that, you know. And then there's also the what people, you know, don't know is that if you have problems, like intestinal problems like I do, where I have problems, you know, um, breaking food down or breaking like big food down, heavy food like meat and stuff like that. Um, you know what I'm saying? Um, it's always good to take like papaya enzymes. That's what I take. I take two pills. The The enzymes help me or um, because I used to buy the papayas and I don't like the flavor of it or anything. It's really good for you. You can Make it into a shake if you want to. You can add coconut water, almond milk, soy milk. This is stuff that I've never even ever had tasted in my life until I wound up having to find a substitute for for having a bowl of cereal. You know, and you can't drink milk because I'm allergic to milk. My whole skin will fall apart. My skin will crack, fall apart, itchiness. You can imagine, like, two, three layers of psoriasis. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, it's uh, something that I don't even want to deal with. Like, I won't drink milk even if you paid me a million dollars. Like, I'm just not going to do it. Um, 
it affects me that much, dad and dairy. And uh, it's crazy to know that something like that can can be from having clear skin, beautiful clear skin to uh, literally your skin breaking down. And we all have a layer on our skin that helps us from UV rays and helps us from getting cancer. And when you're dealing with skin allergies and you're dealing with food allergies, you know, your skin is not, you don't have that barrier on that skin to protect you from the sun. Like literally, your body lacks the vitamin E. It lacks the sun. And the sun is healthy for you. Your sun is going to help you fight a lot of these infections. And I went to the store and I came across some vitamin E oils at the Dollar Tree. And I bought them because I was like, you know, I need this. Like, I need this for my skin. And my skin is just so tired and dry lately that I've been trying to have, I've been trying to keep it moist. There's a new kind of creamy, um, it's like a creamy baby oil for kids. And I got some coconut butter and some coconut lotion just to kind of keep my mouth moist, you know. But, um, I'm just going through my moments right now. Um, you have to excuse me because when I'm not sleeping, I go through that moment of, I also have a sleep apnea where I, when I'm so tired and I'm so weak and I'm going through a lot, I go through these pausing moments where I just get so tired and I don't realize that I fall asleep. It's exhausting to know that you're not comfortable in your own room. Like, all I want to do is just go back to sleep. And it's crazy because I don't get that much sleep. But when I get to that point where I can't fight it like that, you know, I I have to. I need to. I need to. You know, I need some sleep. I need, You need to be able to rest your body because my body needs rest. Your, your body recuperates when you sleep. Your body recuperates when. You know, your body recuperates from being exhausted once you get some sleep. So, to me, it was just like, if I'm not resting, I'm not getting the rest that I need. Um, 
So I'm kind of doing the in and out patient where I have to go in every week to um, for them to check me, see how hydrated or dehydrated I am. And they have to check my levels of like my A1C and they have to check my sugars because see if my body is still going through the diabetic ketoacidosis. You know, and it's very deadly because I should be in the hospital right now. The doctor telling me that this can kill me makes you think like it's just a matter of time because I'm exhausted. I'm I'm tired. I don't know if this is how people get to the point where they're just going through so much and they get tired of fighting like I'm a survivor. I've been through a lot. I've gone through a lot. I've fought through a lot. But when you get to that point where you are just tired of everything that you're going through, this is how it feels. Like It feels like you're coming home to hospice, like literally coming home to to die. Like that's just, it's a scary thing to talk about it. But them telling me five years ago when they told me when I first found out I was a diabetic, for them to sit there and tell me, um, you know, you have a, a cut on your finger and it's going to take about a year to heal. Because that's how much damage you have to your body that you need to be able to control all of this. And, um, wow. That was very mind-blowing when I heard that five years ago, knowing that I might not live to see another day. Because at that time, the allergies were affecting my heart, they were affecting my lungs, affecting my body, my pancreas had shut down, all because of allergies and allergic reaction that I kept getting since October, then November, in the hospital in 2015, and then have to go back in November, and then finally got put in the hospital for a month in December. I almost had to deal through Christmas being there, um, luckily the, the doctor let me come home, but I was in a very fragile, you know, situation and my body was, um, getting used to the insulin, getting used to the medication, the Carvedil, the heart medications, the, the pills, and now... <laughs> and the worst thing about that was not even having insurance, knowing that you're going to have to pay for $2,000 shots every month for the rest of your life. And you have to make sure that you take this and you have this or you have the insurance. You have to make sure that you don't miss a doctor's appointment, that, that missing a doctor's appointment can be between getting better and getting worse. Um, 
it's completely changed my life from where I had some kind of normality and it's not there anymore. It's exhausting. You're literally, you know, considered disabled because you're going through so much stuff. And then be able to be disabled and then not be disabled and not get the benefits you need because you can be dis disabled through the doctor giving you a paperwork, but if you're not disabled through the through like the SSI or the government, you're not really considered disabled. And that's the scary part about it because you, they will not give you Medicaid if you're not considered disabled through the government and you cannot really receive assistance. You cannot get your disability or your, you know, like me or your social security. Like I've worked so much in my life that it's hard to know that there's money sitting there and I've worked for the last 20 plus years and I'm having to fight just to get what's mine. Or you can't see certain doctors because you don't have the insurance or you don't have the money for the insurance. It's, it's scary to know that you don't have that control of your life anymore and that something else has completely taken over that part of your life. It's exhausting. It's tiring. It's uh, not a good thing to feel. Right now, I'm actually having one of a better days, but... My anxiety is still there. I'm literally to the point where I have to literally just be medicated to even function, which is what I'm right now at. Still having the allergies and still having the strength to finish up this room. And I have to bring in the carpet cleaner and try to pick up whatever the hell is in my room that's killing me. I've literally have turned everything upside down. I've tried to clean everything, wash everything, and now I'm going to do the carpet. And then, oh, and then I forgot. I still have a lot of dust bunnies on top of my fan. So I'm allergic to all that crap. Like, literally, with the new owners and everything in my apartment. My apartment should be at least 60 degrees, and it's not. It's at 70, and it's humid. Okay, I cannot have this humidity. The humidity, I cannot have this. Like, I have to be able to where it gets really, really cold in the hospital. When you're in the hospital and you get really, really cold, that's the temperature that my room needs to be at because... It kills germs. But if I'm at 70 and 80 degrees and it's hot and it's humid and it's my floor's been wet, it's it's going to cause a lot of reactions for me or in my body. Like, this is crazy. You know, I cannot be at this level and still be comfortable. Like, because it's not killing the germs, you know, it's not killing. It's just going to be causing upper respiratory infections or ear infections like I've had or 
or just these types of situations where can be can get really really deadly i'm like i'm to the point where i'm going to shut down just the central air in my room and i have to get this stuff done and right now having the support of my boyfriend like he's just texting me every chance he gets from work see how i'm feeling if i'm having a good day cuz he does, he he hates it when i'm sick he hates that i go through stuff like this and he checks up on me i don't know what i would do without him you know when you go through stuff like this this is whether you realize if people really love you and care about you or not and he is he's a very caring man very um understanding of what i go through because he has allergic reaction when it comes to humidity or his shoes getting wet and he Excuse me. <coughs> and he does construction for a living. And see, that's what I'm feeling right now. The reason I'm coughing is that I really don't have a cold. Is that my throat keeps getting really, really dry. <coughs> and um, I literally have to get... <laughs> Like they say, keep your whistle wet. Because the more dry it gets, the more... <clears throat> my throat gets, and I need to keep it moist. Other than that, just that. That's the only thing I need to keep moist. Because this room... Right now, I just kind of had to stand up, get a sip of water. And... I'm going to have to deal with this. I'm going to have to get up. Finish up this room. I washed all the pillows. Cotton is a really bad thing to have when you have allergies. I've been trying to substitute these pillows. I washed them in the washeteria. Big mistake because if somebody had dogs or whatever, it's going to like get all over my stuff so I'm gonna have to start carrying a rag with me and clean out the washeterias or you're having to dry clothes and people have dog hairs in there and I'm allergic to dogs like come on they need to start making some allergy free machines <laughs> and you know what that's it that's the end of my thing I need to start buying even allergy free laundry soap because me and my daughter use the same soaps, but everything is just so sensitive with me lately that, oh, this drives me crazy. I just cleaned out one of my machines. You can hear it coming on right now. And it's to clean the air. Need to clean the air because I need clean air. Then I need to clean the sleep apnea machine. If this is not a disability, I don't know what the hell 
it is. My daughter says, Mom, they need to help you already with your disability because you're, you're very sick. Like, everything takes money, time, energy. And if I don't have that, and I can't even get a provider right now or to even help me. And I'm in my prime. I should be able to be comfortable. My kids are grown, enjoy life. And I'm having to deal with this. And I'm just so out of breath right now. And it's not because of, you know, my asthma. It's because it takes just so much out of me to deal with this. My daughter had told me that somebody at work had psoriasis and she never knew how difficult it was until I've had to tell her what I've had to go through with my anxiety. And she's like, Mom, I know how uncomfortable you feel now. I I see the way she is and she also has to wear a sweater at work and she's very uncomfortable around people getting too close to her. You know, this is stuff that you have to deal with. You know, I I need to go talk to um, Catherine Bell. She's a very good lawyer. I have to go and redo my Social Security again. I'm so good at sticking out with things and following through. I don't know why I have just no luck for this. Like, I have no luck for this. I don't know how to get my foot through the door. I've been dealing with this for years. And I just keep getting worse to the point where I'm just on so much medication. I don't really don't even have time for, for to even have a relationship. Like, it's very hard. If it wasn't because my relationship, you know, he's far or he's in Houston. And he's not here every day to see the everyday stuff, everyday crap that I go through. But he has an understanding. He he knows what I go through. Um, I don't know if I could deal with somebody just seeing me like this every day. Like, there needs to be a breakthrough. There needs to be something else going on in my life. Like, I'm just get to the point that I get really tired. I feel like I'm going to just go to sleep and not wake up, you know. And I always think positive, but the way that I feel right now, I just am so exhausted. And these last two podcasts that I've done has taken so much out of me. Like, I've literally dealt with this for the past month. Like, I just want to be able to feel some 